It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the Gospel of St. John in the New Testament. The Gospel of St. John and chapter 8. These are familiar scriptures. In fact, I preached on these scriptures not very long ago. And I want to go back and revisit that which the Lord has put upon our heart this Lord's day. In John chapter 8, and verse 31, beginning in verse 31, I'm excited about this moment. I'm excited about this time in which Jesus put forth a message loud and clear to a certain believing congregation. It was a message that they needed and it is a message that we need still today. I pray that as we continue and look into this word, that the Lord would richly bless it unto your heart. Because when we come to church, when we gather inside the house of the Lord, there is more than just people. There is more than just believers. There is more than just an assembly. There is a testimony from pew to pew, from life to life, from family to family. There are testimonies sitting among us. Amen? We need to always be mindful of that truth. You'll understand a little more as we move along. I'm going to ask you to stand with me for as we reverence the Word of God and the reading of the Holy Scriptures, again beginning in John chapter 8 and verse 31. The Bible says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him. They are the focus of this sermon. The things that Jesus says following, the freedom that Jesus proclaims following that statement, we have preached on that. We've heard sermon after sermon on that. But today I'd really like to focus on those believing Jews and what Jesus said to them in the next statement. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, they had a little bit of concern about what Jesus had just said to them because they're Jews, because of who they are, Mike, because of their background, because of their heritage, because of their custom. And so they answered him in verse 33 and said, We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou? You, you shall be made free. They were in a bondage, Curtis, they didn't understand, amen. 
they were in a bondage that Bruce, they didn't understand and that they didn't realize that Jesus was pointing out for them. And so Jesus answered, uh, uh, answers them and says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son, thank God, but the Son abideth ever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. May God add a rich blessing to the reading of His Word. You may be seated. As we consider the Word of God today, and we consider this moment in, in the life of Jesus and these believing Jews, again as I look out upon this congregation from life to life, and whether I'm in the house of God or I'm not in the house of God, I'm always trying to be mindful when I'm speaking with folks and talking to folks, whether it just be in general conversation or not, makes no difference. Always try to realize that everybody has a story. Everybody has a testimony. Everybody has gone through things in their life. They have gone through experiences and circumstances in their life. In other words, they have gone through things, amen? We call it going through stuff. I'm going through stuff. And every single one of us have gone through stuff, amen? Maybe it's different stuff. Maybe it's different things. Maybe it's different patterns, and I always keep that in mind. But we've all gone through things within our life. We've had circumstances within our control and beyond our control. We've had things to happen, pressures to happen, persecutions to happen, uh, things to happen within our lives that have helped to mold and shape who we have become. Amen? That makes sense. And whenever I look upon families and I look upon lives, I understand that just like me, they've gone through things. They've been tested. They've gone through their tribulations. They have gone through their trials. And, and like a potter's wheel, it has helped to mold and shape who they've become. Good or bad, good or bad, it's helped shape who they've become. With that in mind, that is what Jesus is really saying unto this group of believing Jews that is in front of him. This is rather remarkable when you consider it again in verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. These Jews, listen, to help us understand, you, you, you've got to realize that this was, this was important. What these Jews had done was a bold statement for any Jew. Amen? They said, listen, we have seen, we have heard, we have witnessed 
this Jesus. And they have publicly proclaimed to have believed upon Jesus. Now, Alan, that's a bold statement for any Jew, especially publicly. Remember, they rejected Jesus. They crucified Jesus. They hated and despised Jesus. And later on in the court of Pilate, it was these Jews that said, crucify him, crucify him, away with him. Let his blood be upon us and upon our children and our children's children. Are you with me? And so for this particular group of Jews to come out and publicly proclaim to have believed upon Jesus was, was a bold, bold, very bold statement. At that time, it was one thing to keep it in the heart. It was one thing to keep it silent. It was one thing to watch and witness and, and hear Jesus and go home and, and say in your own heart, I believe, but to publicly announce it, whoo, that's stepping out there. Amen? That's stepping out there. And so that's exactly what these Jews have done. And Jesus says to them in verse 31, Something very, very interesting. He says, listen, if you continue in my word. In other words, you've been with me a while. You've watched the miracles. You've heard the teaching. You've witnessed and seen. And now you say you believe. Well, that's well and good today. That's well and good for the present moment. Amen. But Jesus says, what about tomorrow? That's what he was saying to these Jews. It's great that you believe today, but let's see what tomorrow holds. Let's see what next week holds. Let's see what next year holds. In other words, Jesus was saying to those Jews, when, when, when time goes along, when the pressure gets turned on, when persecution comes about, when all hell breaks loose, let's see where you are then. Amen. <laughs> Some of you getting a witness, amen. And so Jesus was saying, let's see where you are when believing on me begins to cost you something. Woo! <laughs> let's see where you are when saying and proclaiming that you believe on me begins to cost you something. When you begin to have to pay a price for it. When you begin to have to make sacrifices for it. Then let's see where you are. You see, that's very interesting. Huh? In other words, Jesus is saying to them and to us, talk is cheap. Anybody can talk the talk. But let's see where you are when it comes time to walk the walk. Perhaps this particular group didn't know what was ahead of them. 
didn't know what was in store for them, didn't know the persecutions and the cost and price of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. You see, most folk don't. Amen? Most folk don't. Listen, we rejoice and celebrate when folks make a profession of faith. We rejoice, chuck, and celebrate when folks come to Christ, and we should. My Bible says that all the angels in heaven rejoice, amen, over one lost soul that repents. Certainly the house of God ought to rejoice as well. And we do. When they go down to the water to be baptized, we rejoice and celebrate such a time with them, and we should, amen. It's a time of celebration. But you see, church, you and I understand it's a continuation thing. Amen? It's a, it's a progress. Amen? And we understand, listen, I rejoice anytime anybody comes to the altar uh, or I'm having the privilege uh, in a hospital or in my living room, wherever it may be, uh, of being able to kneel down with them uh, and listen, uh, pray the sinner's prayer of repentance with them uh, and lead them to Jesus Christ. Oh, happy day. Amen. But I understand... As Jesus pointed out to those Jews, we're yet a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. When the pressure gets great, where are you then? You see, we've all witnessed and we've all seen, unfortunately, both sides of the coin. We've seen folks fall away. I've seen folks fall away that I thought would never fall away. They hung around long enough uh, that I thought they'd be there to the end. Oh, you're getting quiet now. And then they fell away. When the going got tough, enough. When the price got too high to pay, they fell away. A lot of folks today have done just that. I often compare it to a marriage. I often compare it to a marriage, you know, it's a blessing to be able to sit down with any couple. I was going to say young couple, but I've sat down with some that passed the, passed the test of, of young couple. And, and, and it's always interesting as you sit down with them, you know, and they have this certain gaze in their eyes, this certain look on their face. We're in love. We want to get married. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And so we begin the preparations, and I go through the scriptures, and I begin to talk about the cost of marriage, the work of marriage, the efforts to have a successful home. 
Always remind them the statistics of the divorce rate, which just simply reminds them that this isn't easy. Hmm? There's work involved. There's sacrifices to make. But they go on with the wedding and the ceremony and, you know, when it comes time to pay the price. Sounded good on the wedding day. Sounded good when the preacher was going over the vows. Sounded good when we were saying I do's. But when it come time to pay the price, they fell away. She ran out on me, preacher. He left me. Because the price became too high. Jesus wanted these Jews to understand that there was a cross to bear that there was a sacrifice to make, that there's a price to pay to be believers in Him. And I look out upon your faces today and I, I see most folks that know that you, you've witnessed and you've testified that you understand there is a cost. There is a price in Christianity, in serving the Lord, in being His disciple. You see, sometimes when extreme pressure has been applied, extreme pressure can cause us to do things we would not ordinarily do. That's what I'm talking about, and that's what Jesus is referring to. Jesus wanted these Jews to know and to understand that believing in Him wasn't going to be a perfect path into glory. It wasn't going to be an easy trail for them to follow, especially being Jews, Jesus wanted them to understand that everything wasn't going to be just peaches and cream because they believed in Jesus. It wasn't going to be all about blueberry pies. There's going to be some hardships to endure. Jesus wants every disciple to know that. He wants you to know that. Amen? I wish everybody could hear this message. Amen? If you allow me just a moment, I, you know, I, 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 get, I get bothered. And I, when the Lord began to pour this upon my heart this morning, Carly and I talked about it and I prayed and I said, Lord, the last thing I ever want to do is preach in the flesh. Folks running around here looking for some kind of easy path into glory. I have issues with. I want to know where they found that scripturally and where they feel like they have a right to pursue such a life. 
folk run around looking for perfect churches. Well, the perfect church is in glory. And you want to go up there, well, go on. For as long as we're here, there's sacrifices to make, prices to pay. Pressures that are extreme pressures that are sometimes applied to our life. Most of you sitting in here under my voice this morning, you've gone through them. You know what extreme pressures are like. You've been in the old devil's pressure cooker, if you will. Not once, not twice, but multiple times in your life, you, you've been under the old devil's pressure cooker when it seemed like it was just you and you alone that he had singled out for a period of time. I want to say to you that, and especially to, to, to the church family and to those that I love and I care about you all and Listen, we don't always, we don't always come out like we should. Simon Peter is a good example. Remember old Simon Peter preached this not long ago, but when Jesus told the disciples that that night they would become offended in him that there'd be a price to pay being his disciple. Same thing he was saying to these Jews. And you remember Peter stood up and said, Oh, wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> wait a minute. These old weaker brothers, they may, they may become offended. These old weaker brothers, they, they may get scared. They, they may run away, but I'm your boy. I got you back. And Peter proclaimed that he would be there to the death. <laughs> but when it came time to walk the walk, <laughs> he denied the Lord three times. When he got in the pressure cooker, everything fell apart. I got, I got chills going up and down there. You see, we don't win every battle, unfortunately. We don't come through those extreme pressures without battle scars and without wounds. Peter came out of the pressure cooker, I think with a battle scar that he carried to glory, he had changed who he was. And that's what I was talking about in the beginning. We, we've gone through these, these extreme pressures that, that shaped us, formed us, molded us into who we've become to this day. And once we fail the test, once we come out on the other side, 
Then we're left to deal with the aftermath of what do I do from here? You remember Peter said, I go fishing. I'm going back to what I left behind when Jesus asked me to follow him and I left my nets. I'm going back to those nets to fish again. And sometimes that's the story and testimony of a lot of lives. And we began the, the aftermath of, of trying to rebuild and trying to put life back together. It's kind of like this pandemic that we're going through. Where are we going to be on the other side? Once we have messed up, lost the battle, then we began the pleading our case, right? I want you to understand, you weren't there. You didn't go through what I went through. You only know half the story, and yet you want to judge me, criticize me. Kick me while I'm down. Throw darts at me. You've not walked where I've walked. You've not been where I've been. I didn't get here cheap and easy. There was a price to pay. You see, that's the heart. And that's the point of the message of Jesus. In closing, I want you to hear this real close. Because sometimes we miss it when we read through. Jesus said again to those Jews, He said, listen, if you continue, if you continue if you continue. You see, every time you come through those church doors, you're making that testimony, I'm still here. I'm still here. Amen. You know who I see stop coming through those church doors is people that's quit. Because the last place quitters want to be is in the house of God around a bunch of other people that hadn't quit, hadn't give up, hadn't run away. Amen? You see, that's why it brings a smile to my face when I, I, I know you've been through stuff. I know you've paid price and I know you've given up a great cost and you continue to walk through that door. And Jesus puts the beauty on the whole thing when he says, if you continue in my word, then. Ooh, underscore, highlight, I don't care how you do it, that word then. 
then are you my disciples indeed. You see, that's the testimony. That's the proof. That's the evidence that stands up. Devil, you've given me your best. You've thrown at me everything you could throw at me and I'm still here. Get a Lord a hand. Hallelujah. You've got too quiet. The cost was high. The price was high. The sacrifice was great. But I'm still here. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. Bow your heads with me. I, I, I want to get really, really close to you for a moment. I, I want to get really home. You said, preacher, you're too close now. I really want to get home to you for a moment. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You ever gone through those, those, those tests, those moments, those, those intense pressure points? Listen to me. Those times when, whew, it got hard, man. It, it got tough. You couldn't sleep at night. You'd wake up in sweats. You ever woke up in sweats where, where something was troubling you and bothering you so bad? You wake up in the middle of the night and you're praying and you're agonizing and tears falling on the floor and you're begging God. And that's the kind of moments I'm talking about. But something inside you Ah, something inside you said, I can't lose this one. I can't give up on this one. I, I can't turn away. I can't, I can't fail to pay the price on this one. There's too much at stake. There's too many people watching. There's too many testimonies involved. I can't. Give up on this one. And you hung in there. You prayed God strengthened you. You prayed that, that God's grace enabled you. You prayed that God's grace be sufficient to sustain you through it. No matter how painful, no matter how hurtful, no matter how High the cost. You knew inside that this was one test you had to stand up to. You had to win. Amen? As Barbara comes to the piano, you stand with me this morning. Everyone standing as we open the altar, maybe you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I'm in such a time. I'm going through such a battle. I'm going through such a moment right now that, that describes just what the Word of God is, is describing. I must hang in there. I must stay strong. I must stand up. I must win. And I need the strength of God and the grace of God and the leadership of God and the power of God upon my life. 
I need the prayers of brothers and sisters around me in this moment. Maybe you're here today and you say, it's exactly where I am. We can help you pray. We can help you pray. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, thank you. Just maybe just bow and say, Lord, thank you for bringing me through the test. I'm still here. Thank God by the grace of God, I'm still here. I pray I'm not here because I'm working to be saved. I'm here because I am saved. Amen. Get the Lord a hand on that one. Hallelujah. I'm still here because what grace did for me many years ago. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe you just need to say, preacher, today I just need to get saved. I need to get right with God once and for all. I, I, I need to ask the Lord to save me once and for all. 